You're listening to episode 21 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm and insecurities. I'm your host, Katri Barrett, and with each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious. Because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Welcome back, my loves. Uh, Here we are for another episode, episode 21. I can't believe it. The time is flying. I'm recording this on a very, very wet day in London. Classic British summer weather. (laughs) We're in June now. It is pouring with rain and also classic British person talking about the weather. Moving on to the podcast. In today's episode, I am exploring how a better understanding and relationship with your emotional inner family can help you find freedom from certain feelings that might be keeping you stuck in patterns of procrastination or feeling unfulfilled or just generally affecting your overall happiness. I'm going to start by explaining what I actually mean by controlling your emotions, which is in the title of this episode. And firstly, I'm going to start with what I don't mean by this. Controlling your emotions isn't about stopping negative, unwanted or uncomfortable emotions and only feeling positive ones, because A, that is completely unrealistic, and B, it isn't actually very good for us. And I'm going to be exploring how so later on in the episode. What I am promoting here is a better understanding of your emotions so that you can notice more quickly when certain emotions have been triggered within you and how to better communicate them with yourself and with others, so that you can free yourself more quickly, not entirely, but more quickly from them, and any unhelpful behaviours that perhaps come along with them. Maybe you're an an emotional overeater, or overdrinker, or workaholic. The reason why we don't want to get rid of negative emotions entirely is because they are messengers. When we feel angry, hurt, or overwhelmed, we are sending ourselves a message that something, a situation, a person, or an object, isn't aligned with us, aligned with our purpose, our values, and who we truly are as a person. Often what happens is we will feel a sudden surge of emotions triggered by an event, and we will then react to those often without realising what it actually is that we have felt. If it was the case that we only felt positive emotions, then we would be comfortable all of the time. And whilst this might sound quite appealing to some of you on surface level, what it actually means is that we would never have the opportunity to grow. We would never evolve. You see, when we're feeling negative emotions and all that discomfort that comes along with them, it offers us the opportunity to develop. We either learn something new 
or we have to push our boundaries in doing so, boosting our confidence as we are stepping out of our comfort zone. Stepping out of that comfort zone and the desire, the desire to be comfortable all of the time and things to be easy is what keeps people stuck in those feelings of being unfulfilled in their job or perhaps stuck in a relationship that they don't actually want to be in or not going after their dreams, their aspirations that they have for their lives. Now, this is the fundamental thing that I find myself working on with most of my one-to-one clients, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's so powerful if you can do that become comfortable with feeling uncomfortable because it's part of life feeling these um, emotions that we're kind of resisting and pushing down and trying to ignore just accepting those being comfortable with that discomfort is a huge transformational ability to have Until we see negative emotions as our friends, we will fall into the trap of resisting them. I used to fall into this big time in my early 20s. All I wanted was to feel happy, to have fun and be confident all of the time. Literally every time I had an ability to make a wish, you know, blowing out birthday candles or catching one of those seeds that in Britain, I don't know if you have them elsewhere, that float through the air, you catch one, you make a wish... I would wish, I want to be happy, let me be happy, I just want to be happy all of the time. And thinking that that was the most simple and realistic thing in the world, to wish to be happy all of the time. Not only was this completely unrealistic, but at the time, being in the grips of depression and anxiety as I was back then, I was so far from feeling any of these things at all, that I in fact felt the opposite. I felt depressed, I felt bored, I felt insecure. Instead of being able to acknowledge these emotions within myself, I waged war against them. I refused to accept how I felt and did everything I could to not feel them. And this is where perhaps you might resonate. For me, This manifested in a lifestyle that swung between being very hedonistic, so partying a lot, drinking, taking drugs, and then, or, or, so swinging between that, or just sleeping all of the time. Basically, anything I could do to numb or avoid what it was I was really feeling. Now, I didn't recognise this. I wasn't able at the time to recognize this in myself. It's only as time went on and I began to deal with these behaviors and these emotions that I can look back and see how much I was just trying to escape what I was feeling. Escapism behaviors like this come in many forms, shapes, sizes for different people. And whether you like to acknowledge it or not, I guarantee that you display a few of them because we all do. Perhaps without realising that what you're doing is trying to avoid feeling something. When you're feeling something challenging, perhaps your go-to is binging programmes on Netflix. Or maybe going shopping. Or maybe you're a smoker and you use smoking a cigarette whenever you feel stressed or you need to take a break from work. You go out and you smoke a cigarette. 
Maybe you're someone who eats their emotions. This is definitely me, FYI. I am definitely an emotional eater. It's something I have worked on a lot, but it's still there. It's still something that I continuously work on. Maybe you're someone that procrastinates about doing something. An escapism behavior can be as simple as, you know, there's a deadline to apply for a promotion at work. Yet you ignore it and use the excuse that you need to prioritize emptying your inbox so that you miss the deadline. Rather than facing that uncomfortable self-doubt and all those that lack of confidence that you feel that you would have to face up to when writing the application. Maybe you're someone that finds themselves jumping from relationship to relationship, as so many people do, all in a bid to not have to face up to those feelings that are bubbling below the surface of fear of being alone, worrying about your biological clock ticking if you're a woman in their late 20s, uh, or perhaps lack of confidence that you'll never meet anyone else. There are certain behaviours within us or that are kind of socially acceptable, such as working, exercising or maybe healthy eating, and these are deemed to be positive. However, if you are staying late at the office and taking overtime because you don't want to face up to how lonely you feel or you're over-exercising and having having to go on runs every day to take your mind off things... And if you don't feel that you could possibly cope when you don't go on a run, then you need to ask yourself why. What emotions are you running away from? What are you avoiding feeling? Often we are escaping emotions because we haven't properly recognised them within ourselves. And in order to be able to truly acknowledge them and face up to them, we need to be able to correctly label them. Now, this might sound simple, but when you think about it, how many emotions can you actually name? There's the obvious key emotions such as happiness, sadness, anger, fear, joy, disgust and surprise. But these are just the main categories. Humans are capable of feeling thousands of emotions, most of which we don't actually even have words for. Now, with that in mind, how many of these do you think you could actually name, let alone recognise within yourself? I know for me that this has been a massive challenge in the past. And what has been hugely useful is having a literal list of emotions that I could refer to in order to get really specific about what it was I was feeling. Now, having done this a lot and I can recognise the emotions instantly and label them without having to refer to the list. But the reason why this was so helpful and is so helpful is because until we can get really specific about what it is we are feeling, we can't fully understand it. And when we do fully understand the detailed emotions we feel, it makes us far more compassionate towards them and means we can directly talk to them, which ultimately means we're going to resist them less, resulting in less escapism behaviours. And it's more than likely that by resisting negative emotions less, they will pass us by and be replaced with more positive ones much more quickly. 
To help you start doing this, I have turned my list that I created into a downloadable PDF for you. And you can download it either from my website or you can head to the description of this episode in whichever app that you're listening to and I shall leave the link there. So I really recommend going and doing that because it is so useful to just read through this list and think, yep, tick, 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 that is what I'm feeling right now. Because often it isn't just one emotion, it's a few emotions we're feeling at a time. There's a model that was proposed by the life coach Margaret Moore and the Harvard professor Eddie Phillips in their book Organise Your Emotions and Optimise Your Life which I think is hugely helpful when it comes to acknowledging and being able to label your emotions. Now, according to Moore and Phillips, we all have nine members of our inner family, which each have their own voice that triggers certain emotions. So we are all made up of multiple characters that make up our personalities and that each conjure their own emotions respectively. And that is your inner family. So think of the movie, if you've seen it, Inside Out. Have you seen it? If not, you must see it because it is fantastic. I love it. After listening to this episode, go and watch it. It is such a good depiction of the different characters that we all have within our mind and that all have their own individual voice. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about each of these inner family members that Moore and Phillips propose in their model of the human psyche. So there's nine in total. And the first is autonomy. This is your master of self-interest, whose greatest desire is that you are the captain of your own ship and who does not take kindly to feeling like anyone else might be taking away your control or who isn't aligning with your personal values. It's the voice of autonomy that makes you feel that nobody gets you, that nobody has understanding who you are or what you mean, and who also might be the one that makes you rebel and do the opposite just because somebody has told you that you should do something. Next, we have the standard setter, who is responsible for your performance and your achievements, setting yourself ambitious goals and ensuring that you meet them. The standard setter also ensures that you are being treated with the correct amount of respect, appreciation and validation by others. It's your standard setter who is the one that tells you whether other people or yourself are good enough. If you're a perfectionist, then your standard setter is perhaps setting that bar very high and is probably a very loud and prominent voice. And if you're the opposite, it's probably quite a quiet voice for you, whereas others are perhaps a little bit louder. Next is the voice of confidence. Your voice of confidence is dedicated to being strong, competent and confident. Feelings of hope and optimism come from confidence in oneself how you feel about your capabilities of facing challenges in your life, they come from this voice. If you're someone who has low confidence and suffers from a lot of self-doubt, 
which then perhaps leads you to procrastinate or put off doing things, then chances are it is coming back to those perfectionist traits from your standard setter again. So what you could do with doing is addressing that part of yourself by making your confidence voice louder than the one of your standard setter. Your next inner family member that is good to tune into is the relational voice. This is the part of you that exists to serve others and to put other people first. If you're someone who feels a lot of empathy and concern for others, then your relational voice is going to be a pretty loud family member. The relational is our team player. It's good at being loyal, trustworthy and giving and receiving support. As I'm going through these with you, you're going to begin to recognise which of these inner family members are more prominent within you and other people, so those around you. So which have the louder voice and which are perhaps quieter and could do with a little boosting up. And it's good to take note of these, maybe even write them down in the notes on your phone or a notebook. We're moving now on to the body regulator. Now, this is the part of us that is very aware of our biology. So the part that focuses on physical and mental health, stability and finding balance, whatever that means to us. Feelings of being grounded and down to earth come from the body regulator. And when we're capable of tuning into this part of us, then we are able to tap into our own inner wisdom, our intuition and connect to ourselves and the world around us. Next, we have one of my personal favourites, and who is a relatively loud voice for me, along with a few others, and this is the curious adventurer. This is the fearless explorer within you, and the part of you that is inquisitive, inviting, and that embraces change and risk. It's the curiosity of the adventurer that keeps us resilient, and being able to bounce back from any of the hurdles that life throws at us. And as you lovely listeners know by now, I am a big fan of making this curious voice within us as loud as we can and tapping into it and embracing it. That is why we have made this lovely podcast. We also have our creative voice, which is the part of you that loves to play to have fun, to create and to invent things. It tends to thrive in chaos and can find brilliant ideas as well as a different way of seeing things when faced with challenges, all whilst maintaining a very good sense of humour. If your creative voice is a loud one, then chances are the next family member I'm going to tell you about, the executive manager, isn't quite so prominent and maybe needs some attention. Our executive manager is our inner organiser, our planner and analyst, and the part of you that just loves to create those to-do lists. Your executive manager is the introverted thinker within you and responsible for keeping you on track by giving the right state of mind for the right task. If you're like me and that creative voice is very prominent and often leaves you feeling a little bit chaotic, then finding ways to tap into your executive manager will help you maintain calm and clear with a good plan of action to keep moving you forward. 
Last, we have the voice of your meaning maker. This is the part of you that tunes into purpose and finding meaning from the big and little things that happen in your life in a bid to make sense of them. When we tap into its wisdom, our meaning maker acts like our own inner coach and it gives us feelings of awe and gratitude in times when we need to shift our perspective. Now, the reason why I am encouraging you to start seeing yourself as being made up of these nine inner family members is because it can enable you to begin to separate your identity, so your true self, from a certain reaction or feeling that you're having and instead attribute it to that particular family member within you. For example, let's say you snap at a parent after feeling a huge rush of annoyance, frustration and anger when they've been telling you and nagging you that you've made a bad decision with your current pension scheme through work and they've been preaching about all the things you should be doing instead and nagging you to let them sort it out for you. Instead of beating yourself up after snapping at them and feeling guilty for it, you can acknowledge and even explain to your parent, the person involved, that your voice of autonomy felt like the control they so like to have within their own existence was being threatened and taken away from them. In doing this, you are going to disempower the emotion itself and empower yourself to be able to sit with certain feelings that come up and having the choice of how you respond to them. This means avoiding those escapism behaviours. And I promise you that the more you look uncomfortable emotions directly in the eye, the more you label them correctly, the more you acknowledge that the part of you they have come from, that inner family member, the less intense they will feel the less you will resist them and avoid them and eventually the less often they will begin showing up for you. So you've got some homework for today. Go and download the list of emotions from the description in this episode or you can head over to the resources section on my website www.catrybarrett.com and start labelling those emotions as they're coming up for you day to day you can save the list of emotions on your phone or on your laptop so you can access it at any point during your day and as always if you have resonated with this episode or if you notice that one of these emotional family members is very prominent or perhaps lacking in someone you know then share this episode with them Make sure that you're subscribed so that you don't miss out on any of the future fun. And until next time, stay curious.